Blog Talk Radio. In our 14th episode of the Ivy, I'll be discussing the Cubs' first full week of games, our bullpen struggles, and also looking around the NL Central at the other team's actions. We talk about it all on our fourth, 14th episode of the Ivy. Bipolar with the check. Bipolar. I just put some crazy around my neck. Welcome into the 14th episode of the Ivy, as myself, Thomas, will be here with you for the next 45 minutes to dive into everything Cubs-related. Tonight, Max is out. I believe he had a concert to go to or something. So, like I said, it'll just be me tonight for the next 45 minutes with you guys. If you like the Cubs, you've come to the right place, because we're extremely grateful that you took some time out of your Sunday night to join me here. Tonight, we'll be talking about the Cubs' first full week of games. Even though it was a little disappointing, also, with more on our bullpen struggles, and then we'll be taking a look at the other teams in the NL Central. Lastly, make sure to call into the show by calling the number 845-277-9345. That's 845-277-9345. To join me, ask me a question or comment on anything Cubs-related, anything about the show, um, especially tonight. Um, I know I said on Instagram I'd really appreciate it if we had a few callers just so um, I could get a little bit of a break with talking. Um, but other than that, um, for more of the Ivy content, be sure to head over to our website at baseballpodcastnet.com. And also make sure to give me a follow on Instagram and also Max. I'm at the Cubs Wave and Max is at Wrigley News. And then lastly, if you guys are planning to go, uh, maybe you're going to opening day for Wrig- Wrigley Field opening day tomorrow um, or, you know, a game down the road for the regular season or even playoffs. Uh, make sure to check out Stubyard and use promo code BPN10. That's BPN10 for 10% off any tickets for every event. So now we'll be getting into the first topic of today, and that's going through the last week of games for the Chicago Cubs. And it was disappointing, folks. And, you know, we only won one game. It was on Saturday, um, yesterday. Uh, But other than that, there wasn't a whole lot to be excited about as a Cubs fan, and even right now it's a little down. Um, you know, having a pretty good game yesterday, uh, at least offensively, really good game. Uh, pitching was okay. Uh, but then, you know, losing the series today was a little disheartening, um, a little little hard to swallow, especially, you know, having first and third like we did uh, against Josh Hader, though. He came in and he retired the last eight Cubs batters. So you have to tip your cap there to them, but uh, that's that's definitely a tough loss. Um, but anyways, I'm going to get into the Cubs' whole first week, uh, full week, I should say. And that started off April 1st, uh, April Fool's day it was uh, in Atlanta for the Chicago Cubs. And the Cubs lost 8-0 in the opener. Uh, as for this game, uh, it marked the third straight loss for the Cubs after losing the second and third games of the Texas Rangers series. Uh, this was the game in which the Cubs had six errors, uh, including three of them. Uh, technically only two counted in the first inning, but uh, the team did not look ready to play at all. Um, I remember being very disappointed on my Instagram saying that, you know, this team has got to be more urgent, especially after losing a series that they went that did uh, previous. Definitely disappointing uh, loss, especially the way they did lose with how sloppy of a game it was. Uh, Mark Zagunas and Javier Baez combined for the, those three mishaps early on. Uh, the Cubs did have a chance, though, 
Um, they were 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position and left 10 men on base uh, through six innings. Uh, so, you know, even though we did lose 8-0, to zero, uh, we, we had our chances. And even with the errors, though, uh, Kyle Hendricks was not great in this game. Uh, Kyle Hendricks' final line was four and a third innings, 10 hits, seven runs. Two of those were only earned, uh, three walks and four Ks. But two home runs allowed, not a great outing for Kyle Hendricks. Um, and not a very good week for Kyle in general. He wasn't uh, that great either um, in McDubb's loss. I believe on Friday it was. We'll get into that later on. Um, but back to Monday's 8-0 to zero, uh, defeat effort. Uh, C.J. Edwards and Brennan Kinson looked good, um, but this was unfortunately C.J.'s last good outing um, before he eventually uh, got demoted yesterday, which I'll get into that later on in the pod later on in the podcast. Um, but overall, this game, six errors. You know, it, it was the most from the Cubs since the game in two, since 2006, about 10 years ago. So overall, sloppy game. Hopefully the sloppiest game we'll see in multiple years to come, hopefully another 13 years. But then the Cubs had an off day on Tuesday, and they got right back to it with the Braves and lost again, 6-4 to four on Wednesday. Uh, the Cubs, you know, they blew their third game of the season because of the bullpen struggles and, uh, Lester pitched well besides his two home runs as he finished with six innings, six hits, two earned, three walks, and seven Ks. Um, but overall, uh, the Cubs, it was a losing effort. Uh, later on, as uh, Steve Ciszek began the downfall in the eighth inning for the Cubs. Uh, before that, uh, Lester even had an RBI single, and Wilson Contreras' first homer of the season in the sixth was a go-ahead two-run homer. Uh, to score Kyle Schwarber, give the Cubs a 3-2 to two lead. That lead eventually got to 4-2. to two. Um, But like I said, Steve Ciszek came in in the eighth. He walked three straight batters on just 15 pitches. And Johan Camargo made him pay for that one. Uh, as Randy Rosario came in to relieve um, and face Johan Camargo, gave up a three-run double, uh, basis-clearing double. And uh, that was essentially it as Atlanta took over and the Cubs were marked with their third-blown game of the year. Uh, other notables from this game was Chris Bryant striking out three times with four men left on base. Uh, Contreras had three hits, including his 450-foot dinger, uh, which was very impressive to see. And we saw uh, Wilson Contreras' uh, home run swing come out this week, which was a positive amidst all the negatives that the Cubs had overall with only winning once. Um, and then another thing from this game, the last thing from Wednesday's losing effort uh, by a 6-4 score was Daniel Descalso with two hits and a walk. Uh, Descalso has been fairly consistent for the Cubs, actually. Um, him and uh, probably Jason Hayward, I would say, along with Javi with his four homers. And Wilson Contreras is back, too. Um, you know, the Cubs' bats have been pretty good, but those guys have really led the charge. And surprisingly, you wouldn't necessarily think Descalso and Jason Hayward will be contributing like they have, but Descalso getting on base and Hayward power stroke with the three homers early on is, is really good for the Cubs um, trying to get some salary out of that contract. So now uh, I'm going to get into the Thursday game. Uh, this was the last game for the Cubs in this series against the Braves. Sorry, I take a sip of water. Um, but this was the last game uh, Thursday of the series against the Braves, and it was a 9-4 loss in the finale. You uh, Darvish made a second start, and, uh, you know, the, the expectation was that you Darvish could get 
uh, through five, at least hopefully with amidst the bullpen struggles, et cetera. And he only went four, and I think that uh, that was really big. And I think he could have went more. I'm going to check real quick uh, for you guys. I want to say you Darvish was approaching the number that uh, for pitches that wasn't alarming. And I want to see if I'm correct. Okay, yeah. Darvish had 71 pitches, 47 strikes. Uh, he finished with four innings, five hits, three earned. The four walks was a little concerning and only two strikeouts. But the reason I bring up the 71 pitches is that C.J. Edwards then came in, and he walked two to load the bases before Tyler Chatwood gave up a three-run double, a bases-clearing double, the second of the series, by giving up by our bullpen, okay? Like I said before, Yohan Camargo's on Wednesday was a bases-clearing double. This one was a bases-clearing double. Nick Markakis opened up the game to a 5-0 lead for Atlanta. Uh, the Cubs were actually down 9-0 to in the ninth inning um, before Rizzo hit a two-run homer and Baez hit a home run. Uh, that was Baez's third home run, I believe, on the season. Yep, and Rizzo's second as that scored Chris Bryant. And then Mark Segunis had an RBI ground out. Um, any other notables for the Cubs? Mike Montgomery, two innings, five hits, three runs. Two of those were earned in two Ks as he was not good. Um, oh, and Max Fried for Atlanta, uh, six innings, one hit effort with five Ks. Uh, he got the win. He deserved the win. That kid really pitched well, or we just weren't hitting at all. Um, but moving on, <clears throat> the Cubs then uh, had a Friday game. This was now five games straight of losing, entering Friday's game, and the Cubs actually did make it, sadly, six straight games uh, on the schneid as the Cubs were down 8-0 to zero quickly in the game as uh, Jose Quintana allowed eight earned runs in just three innings off eight hits along with three walks. Um, he only had three strikeouts in that game, and Q entered the game with a one uh, one and a half one point five five sorry the correct number a one point five five career ERA before that start at Miller Park, and also a career one point six two number in the ERA category against the Brewers, and um, he was just not good. And the Cubs lost this game because of. Too little, too late. Um, eventually, they did come back. They scored five unanswered runs. Um, as I talked about before, the presence of Daniel DeScalso in this lineup has already shown what it can be um, if the other guys around him are hitting because DeScalso seems to be like a guy that's going to be here consistently for the Cubs, whether that's a leadoff spot or like a 7-8 spot that we've seen Jason Hayward excel at in the first nine games of the year. Um, but Descalso's three-run homer, his first of the season, KV-17's RBI double, and Contreras' solo homer, his second of the season, gave the Cubs five unanswered runs. But yet again, C.J. Edwards, it's a common theme here with C.J. in this last week. It was bad for a second straight game as he allowed a crucial two-run homer to Orlando Arcia. The Cubs were gaining that momentum. Like I said, it was an 8-0 to zero game. They came all the way back. It was 8-5. to five. I guess not all the way back. But the fact that we scored 10 runs in the end seems, I mean, I don't know. They were not, three runs were in the ninth to make it a little closer than what it actually was. But, um, you know, the fact that we were able to still score 10 makes you think that if, you know, we hold that, uh, we trim that lead from three to one the next inning, that's anyone's game. 
but anyways, uh, Jason Hayward also homered later for his first homer of the season. I think that was in the eighth inning, I want to say, and I can check that real quick. Um, but overall, oh, wait, sorry. Just one second. All right. Um, so, yeah, the Brewers won 13-10, to 10, and Jason Hayward's homer was in the eighth inning. Yep, it was a two-run shot uh, to score down the scale, so. Uh, and in this game, Descalso had three hits. He was three for five with two runs scored, three RBI, and a strikeout. Uh, up to that point, he was hitting 500 with a average, 500 average and a 1.279 on base plus slugging uh, mark. But uh, the Cubs did lose the game. Uh, like I said, they scored two runs in the ninth to make it a little closer than what it actually was. At this point, the Cubs were one and six, um, and it it didn't look good. It, it's not like it looks much better after today's loss earlier, but uh, they were able to snap the six-game losing streak, thankfully, um, on Saturday. They won by a score of 14-8 as the bats were on Fuego. Uh, Cole Hamels had a 111-pitch outing in which he went six innings, allowed six hits, two run runs, and five Ks. He earned his first win the season. Jason Hayward had a huge night at the plate. Uh, when asked how uh, the offense, he said, quote, it felt great to be a part uh, of scoring runs and been a part of that offense. Um, and, you know, he he had two home runs at the beginning and end of the game. He now has three homers on the early campaign. Um, his eighth inning homer started off the seven-run inning to break the game wide open for the Cubs. Also, um, I, I know that I was doubting Victor Caratini before the season started, but Victor Caratini had a two-run homer and a spot start. Uh, in which he gave Wilson Contreras a day off. So that was great to see. And Contreras' bat has impressed the Cubs and impressed Joe Madden that he's going to see more playing time. And also in this game, of course, Javi Baez El Mago added his fourth homer this season with a solo shot uh, that padded the Cubs' lead to 5-2 in the sixth inning. And then David Bodie's bases clean double in the eighth capped off the Cubs' seven-run inning and made it 13-5. to um, And then the bullpen kind of blew it a little bit as they gave up a few runs. Overall, the bullpen, once again, it wasn't great. Uh, and this was actually, sorry, I'm going to go back up just a little bit. Right before this game, the Cubs did demote C.J. Edwards to AAA. Um, and then Mike Montgomery was 10-day DL with, a, I believe, a left lap strain. Um, and, or, sorry, 10-day I.O. I said D.O. Um, and so left-handed pitcher Kyle Ryan and right-handed pitcher Alan Webster were called up. And those newcomers had kind of rough outings as the lefty Ryan gave up an earned run, uh, Alan Webster gave up a run, and Rosario gave up three earned um, as the pen wasn't good, but the offense outperformed their struggles. Um, and just one second, guys. All right, so then uh, after that, the Cubs' last game today of the series for the Brewers, uh, they lost the series finale. They lost the series, sadly, after a 4-2 final. Uh, Christian Yelich had a two-run homer off Kyle Hendricks in the first inning. Um, and then the Brewers eventually made it a 4 0 game as Professor Hendricks left with four innings pitched, eight hits, four earned runs, one walk, and four Ks. And it was another forgettable outing for him. Uh, like I mentioned earlier on, it was, a, it was a tough week for Hendricks. He did not pitch well. Um, however, it was a pretty good day for the bullpen, surprisingly, for the first time this year, I would say, um, as Chatwood had. One in the third score of the sittings for three Ks, even though he had a couple. But also, like I said, uh, those newcomers had rough outings yesterday, but 
today, the lefty Kyle Ryan and, and righty Alan Webster both had scoreless outings out of the pen. So I want to congratulate them on that because that's great to see, um, especially getting called up and not doing so hot the first time around um, and even in the losing effort. But Wilson Contreras is two run home in the sixth. His third of the season, like I said, a great week for Wilson's bat. Um, that was the only thing to show today for the offense. But the Cubs lost 42. They're now 2-7 and seven on the year. Uh, they will hopefully get some lift up from the Cubs' atmosphere, Wrigley Field atmosphere, as they're going to head home for the Wrigley Field opening day tomorrow afternoon at 1.20 Central Time versus the Pirates uh, with left-hander ace John Lester facing right-handed ace James Tyler. It's going to be a great one to watch, folks. And uh, now we're going to be going into an ad with FanCast, the Phillies, uh, the Phillies podcast on Baseball Podcast Net, and then we're going to get into the bullpen. This Tuesday, tune in to FanCast to hear all about the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies are off to a 6-2 and two scorching hot start and look like one of the true powerhouses in the National League. We'll be looking back at Bryce Harper's return to D.C. and the past series against the Nationals and Minnesota Twins. We'll be looking ahead at how the Phillies' pitching rotation could take them through this season and how the Phillies will fare in October. We'll be breaking down everything that's happened and everything that's set to come. Make sure to tune in this Tuesday to hear all about the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, welcome back into the 14th episode of the ID. As myself, Thomas, it's just me today. Um, As Max had a concert, I believe, to go to or something like that. But um, if you guys want to call into the show, talk to me about anything Cubs related, I'd be more than happy to have you guys on here with me. So it's not just me uh, talking because I'm not used to being alone. But you can call the number 845-277-9345. That's 845-277-9345. I'd love to have you guys on if you want to ask anything, comment on anything Cubs related. But now we're going to get into the second topic of today for the next 10 to 15 minutes, and that is about the Cubs' bullpen. And, you know, overall, uh, you guys know the drill so far, at least uh, in the first nine games. The Cubs' bullpen has been one of the worst, if not the worst, bullpen in the whole MLB. Um, And, you know, it's down there with, you know, the Nationals' bullpen is, is not good. Uh, also, the Arizona bullpen is not very good. Baltimore, Orioles, actually Atlanta's is uh, fifth in earned runs allowed. But that's besides the point as the Cubs' 9.51 ERA, bull, or bullpen ERA, had 9.51 numbers, the second worst ahead of just the Washington Nationals. The Cubs also had zero saves out of the time so far. Um, they lead the league. This is actually a very alarming stat for um, the Cubs, but sadly I have to put it out there because it's the truth is that the Cubs lead the league with 31 earned runs against our pen, but we're 17th in innings pitch. So uh, just for reference, we're at 31 earned runs. Arizona's at 29, Baltimore's at 25, and then it kind of tails off. As for innings pitch, Oakland leads it at 44, and Baltimore's up there, like I just said. Arizona's up there, and we're all the way down at 17 with 29.1 innings pitch, and we've allowed 31 runs. That's a huge issue that needs to be changed. Um, but the positive is that eventually, after a ton of, I would say, negative and kind of hateful comments um, 
at least on Instagram, and kind of just towards the whole front office. Uh, Theo Epstein came out, you know, and he said, came out front of the the fan base, and he said he can blame me. Um, And uh, he said it was his fault. He took the blame, and that was good to see. And eventually, uh, whether or not it's been a good move so far, the Cubs made a move. Um, And we all know that move was C.J. Edwards. C.J. Edwards going down to AAA, getting demoted. Also, Mike Montgomery, the lefty, kind of the stretch reliever, uh, the guy that eats innings for the Cubs, kind of in the fourth through sixth, maybe seventh innings. He got placed on the 10-day IL with the lat strain. Um, so right-hander Alan Webster and left-hander Kyle Ryan have been called up to the majors to help with the bullpen struggles. Um, and I would say, though, that, like I said, um, on Saturday, they, those two did struggle. But on Sunday, it was good to see that both of them looked better with scoreless outings um, out of the pen. And, you know, all we can hope for as Cubs fans is that um, both these guys and Ryan and Webster can continue to progress at the major league level um, with the time they're given until CJ makes his eventual return to the roster because we know that CJ Edwards um, and Ian Happ and these guys that are getting demoted are still a part of our future. Um, but it's still important to nurture and develop those other guys that don't get as much credit because sometimes those are the guys that end up getting extensions when you look at David Bodie and, um, you know, the, just for example, you know, Bodie coming up um, was a replacement for an injury, much like, um, you know, Ryan and Webster are for Montgomery, at least, in that regard for injury. But C.J. Edwards, even, um, you know, the fact that Bodie came up for an injury for Chris Bryant and he was so good that the Cubs couldn't send him down. We can only hope that Kyle Ryan and Alan Webster can be those kinds of guys. Um, but obviously it's too early to tell with that. And, that's why I continue to tell people to follow me on Instagram, which is at the Cubs Wave, um, that I continue to tell people that it's not to worry yet because we don't know what our team's identity is yet. We know that it's most likely going to be a struggle at the bullpen, but we really do not know that yet because we haven't seen a healthy Pedro Stroke, to be honest, and we haven't seen Brandon Morrow yet, obviously. Uh, and, you know, there, there's going to be moves made as well, so I like to hold off on just making all those assumptions for the bullpen uh, that people were making, especially because I know that it's only the first nine games, and I get that people think that I don't understand the concept of uh, every game counts because I totally understand it. But in the end, all these teams are still acclimating from spring training to the majors, um, whether or not it's their first time or their 15th time. You know, the weather's colder, the wet – well. Not for us, but the weather's different. You know, there's different stadiums. There's different different elements going on at the major league level. Um, so, you know, overall, I'd like to hold off on kind of just bashing the whole Cubs pen. But I also do want to say that um, some of those stats I did bring up, you know, with 31 in runs and, you know, that's leading the league and only 17th in innings pitch, that's a big issue. Um, but overall, um, I think the Cubs, at least they addressed it in some capacity. I know people wanted Craig Kimball and stuff like that, but we were able to do what we could at this point, and that was to try to develop the guy that's struggling with CJ Edwards and bring up a couple guys that impressed during the spring, and Kyle Ryan and Alan Webster. Um, but 
now, um, Benson, I'm going to bring you on just quickly. Um, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about the Cubs Pirates uh, upcoming series for the next five minutes before we get into before I get into the other NL Central notes, we can do that. Yeah. So just before I leave this off, I was doing a uh, quick rudimentary uh, weather search, and it appears as if uh, the games Wednesday and Thursday, it's likely they'll get a uh, rained out. So we know for sure they'll be playing tomorrow, but Wednesday, Thursday uh, is in question. But for sure. tomorrow, it's going to be a great pitching matchup with Ty and Lester. Very excited for that. Uh, another crazy year with the Cubs going on the road this long, and then Pirates and Cubs opening up in Wrigley. But definitely excited for that pitching matchup tomorrow. Yeah, and, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, the Pirates' beginning of the year. I know uh, you guys had the series just wrapped up with the Reds. Uh, and the fight that actually happened, uh, that you guys came out actually on top of the walk-off, uh, as I see here at 10. But tell us a little bit about the beginning of the year for the Pirates. A, a pretty good start. Or sorry, the walk-off was yesterday. Um, but tell us about the Pirates' start. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an interesting start to the season, to say the least. Uh, I wouldn't say we're the walking wounded right now, but nobody would have predicted like Colin Moran to be starting left field, JB shocking right field at this point in the season. If you would have told me that in spring training, like first week, uh, I'd think he'd be crazy. Dickerson's on the intro list, Chisinau as well, and uh, Polanco too. Melky Cabrera has stepped up big time. He's batting over 400 to start the season. And really, this team has, is built on their pitching, and the pitching's going to keep them in every single game. Uh, the Stars' ERA is still below 1.50. Uh, Chris Archer today went six innings, three runs, seven Ks, and just this whole rotation. Like, Jameson Tyone, uh, I mean, he's actually been the worst of the five starters so far, which is still a 3.46 ERA. But uh, the, the bullpen is definitely another thing to note. Uh, they've been a bit shaky thus far, and Kyle Crick is on the intro list as well. So uh, if, if you can get to our bullpen a little bit early, like fifth, sixth inning, uh, that's definitely going to be key in this series. Yeah, and as for us, I would say uh, the same here with our bullpen, as you probably already know. Um, but the fact that we have John Lester tomorrow, he's been our best pitcher so far, uh, at least best starter for the first two games. But lastly, Benson, before I let you go, I want to ask you about the fight today. I know we were talking about it a little before the podcast, um, but overall, uh, kind of some background on it. Just give it, give your thoughts on it. Explain it for uh, the guys listening that didn't see it. Yeah. So where are we at? So we're at the uh, the second inning. Um, Chris Archer walks a batter. Uh, Pirates up one nothing at this point. He walks a batter, and then the, the next batter, Derek Dietrich, who homered uh, in opening day, Pirate Killer, uh, he hits a bomb uh, right into the Allegheny River. Uh, if you don't know how far that is, that is that is pretty far out there. And essentially what happened um, was that Dietrich took his good old time staring at the ball and uh, took his good old time around in the bases as well. Now, if this isn't Great American Ballpark, don't get me wrong. Um, it's fine, but you can't come into PNC Park and do what he did. And if you saw the video, you probably understand as well. So 
you know, the game progresses. Derek Jeter comes back up to the plate, and the first pitch Chris Archer throws about two feet behind his back. Manager David Bell of the Reds comes out, starts yelling at the umpire who just warned both benches, saying, why don't you just eject him now? Benches ended up clearing, um, and yeah, so at that point, the, the main cast of characters in the fight for the Reds, Yasiel Puig for the Pirate side, uh, Keone Kella, Felipe Vasquez, Francisco Cervelli, and really, like, the thing that most notable in this whole fight to me was uh, it was just a little bit of pushing and shoving like most of the baseball fights, and then towards the end, I mean, I thought it was over, start to separate, and then Melky Cabrera and Joey Votto are both holding Yasiel Puig back, and then Yasiel Puig comes charging out between the two and tries to come after, like, Trevor Williams and Felipe Vasquez. Bench coach Tom Prince, like, goes to try to block him. Yasiel Puig ends up connecting on a punch on 60-year-old Tom Prince, and, um, yeah, he got ejected. Wouldn't be surprised if there's some disciplinary action from the league on that. But uh, from the Reds, manager David Bell and Amir Garrett got ejected. For the Pirates, Keone Kella and Felipe Vasquez were tossed. All right, well, there you have it, guys. There's a little dive into uh, what the Cubs will be seeing for the next few games against the Pirates, hopefully um, without the rain. But thanks for coming on, Ben. Yeah, no problem. All right, so now we're going to head on over to an ad with Pinstripe Talk, the Yankees uh, podcast here on the Baseball Podcast Network. And then we're going to get into our last uh, topic today, which will be about the Central. Hey, Yankee fans. Tune in to Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5 o'clock. We go over everything going on in the world of the New York Yankees. This includes Clint Frazier and his recent successes in Baltimore and what that means to the Yankees going forward. We also talk about the Yankees and their myriad of injuries. Who's coming back, when are they coming back, and how are they going to impact the Yankees going forward. And we also speak about the rotation. When is Sabathia going to return? When is Severino going to return? And who is going to be booted out of that rotation? And where are they going to be when they all come back healthy? All this and much, much more on this Wednesday's episode of Pinstripe Talk at 5 p.m. Be there, Yankee fans. Welcome back into the 14th episode of the Ivy. Uh, as I'm back, and we'll be going through the third topic over the next 15 minutes. Uh, if you have questions or any comments, you can call in the show. You can join me here on the podcast on the Ivy at the number 845-277-9345. Uh, that's eight four five two seven seven nine three four five, and also for any and all of the best Cubs updates, uh, make sure you follow my Instagram at the Cubs Wave, uh, just for future purposes. But let's get into the third topic today, uh, and that is about the NL Central and kind of the week that the NL Central has seen. And we're going to start off with the St. Louis Cardinals and go through kind of their week, uh, and overall. Cardinals uh, had a pretty good week, I guess. Uh, at least I believe so. Wait a second. Sorry. No, well, they sort of did, sorry. Um, but last Monday, uh, they they had a two games, uh, which was a part of the Pirates' home opener on Monday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. The, the Cubs lost their home opener 8-0. to Sorry, not home opener. 
lost their game against the Braves eight to zero. But the Cardinals won that game, and then they won the other game uh, on Monday and Wednesday as Tuesday Tuesday off. Uh, so the Cardinals went two and zero in that series. They swept the Pirates, which I'm sure Benson isn't too happy about, especially because it was only one run in both those games. But then uh, Thursday they were postponed in St. Louis. That was supposed to be game one of what was a four-game series turned into a three-game series against the visiting San Diego Padres. And surprisingly, uh, the Padres actually took this series. Uh, the Cardinals avoided this sweep today. Or today, they won by a score of four to one. But uh, good to see the Padres. Uh, I want to see what they're actually six and three now. Uh, the Padres or six and four. Sorry, they were six and three once they beat the Cardinals on Saturday, but they lost today, so they're six and four. But the Cardinals are now five on the year, and uh, overall a decent week. Uh, they did lose the series, but at least they didn't get swept uh, as they avoided the sweep today, and they still uh, had an impressive uh, two-game sweep of the Pirates in their home opener. Um, and that was also after kind of a disappointing four-game weekend series in which they lost three or four to the Brewers. Um, but now I'm going to get into Pirates week. Um, I know that uh, they'll be playing the Cubs next, and Benson just talked to you guys a little bit about uh, the Pirates uh, fight today, earlier today with Yasiel Puig and company, and uh, specifically Derek Dietrich and Yasiel Puig and Chris Archer and Francisco Cirelli. But the Pirates, uh, like we mentioned, they lost uh, both those games with the Cardinals uh, on Monday and Wednesday in their opening two-game series. And then they ended up winning on Thursday by a score of 2-0, to zero, and they ended up actually sweeping the Reds, um, which I didn't know, um, to be honest with you. Uh, the Pirates swept the Reds. They beat them 2-0 uh, on Thursday and Friday, both both games by a score of 2-0. to zero. Then they beat the Reds 6-5 to five, uh, Saturday and won today 7-5. to five. The Saturday game was actually in 10 innings as well. So the Pirates have had some close games. Uh, losing those two games to the Cardinals by one run apiece. Uh, the Cardinals looking uh, like, uh, you know, not 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 too shabby to start the year. Uh, the, the beginning of the series, beginning of the season, they lost their Reds on opening day, but ended up splitting that series 1-1 after a postponement. Sorry about that. Um, but overall, yeah, the Pirates not bad. Entering the series tomorrow with the Cubs. Uh, five and three on the year. Uh, they'll play the Cubs tomorrow. Then they'll have an off day on Tuesday, the ninth, and then they'll resume on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, all, both Wednesday and Thursday will be seven oh five Central Time start time start times. Uh, it's kind of hard to say ten times fast. Uh, but tomorrow's game will be uh, a matinee game at Wrigley Field, like they used to do in the old days, uh, because. It's the Cubs' home opener, and all the home openers are kind of in the day like that. But overall, the Pirates, you know, 5-3, not too shabby. But now I'll be getting into the Cincinnati Reds. Sorry, one second. Cincinnati Reds scores. And like we just kind of mentioned, uh, they are suffering from a terrible week. The Reds have not won a game since opening day. Uh, they beat the Pirates. Uh, they should have lost OD2. What do you mean by that, Benson? If you want to come on or, or say 
say something. But anyways, um, Cubs. Or sorry, the uh, the Reds only won. Oh yeah, they should have lost opening day. Uh, is what Benton's saying against the Pirates. Uh, they should have lost. Oh yeah, because the Reds scored four in the seventh. They were down two to one. They scored four in the seventh. Uh, so they came back and won that game. But the Reds then lost. Uh, Monday through Wednesday, they lost four to three at twice on Monday and Tuesday to the Brewers, and then they lost one to zero on Wednesday. So the Brewers win each of those games in that series against the Reds by one. They get the sweep, and then like we mentioned, the Pirates beat the Reds twice by a score to zero, once by a score of six to five, and once by a score of seven to five. So the Reds had one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven games decided by two runs or less. Eight games decided by two runs or less out of their nine games, I believe. Yeah. Every game but one, which was a 5-0 loss to the Pirates. They had one postponement and been lost by two runs or less. Uh, so they're going through a little bit of a tough time there. But then lastly, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, sadly, they are doing pretty well. Um, as they're 8-2, and two, like we mentioned, uh, We've mentioned both their series um, so far this week uh, or last week, but they swept the Reds each game by a different run differential of one, and then uh, two games against the Cubs that they split in which there was a total of, let's see if I can do my math quickly, 45 runs, 23 in the first game, 22 in the second game, yep, so 45 runs in the first two games. They split split those two, and then as uh, the Brewers won the first one, Cubs won the second, and then the Brewers won today 4-2 to two in a more regular game, I guess you could say, uh, as the Brewers are now 8-2 and two on the season. But uh, I'm just going to roll through the MLB standings real quick uh, and give you guys an update just one second. Um, I'm going to give you guys an update for uh, what – Stands are looking like in both the National League and American League. Um, but in the NL East, the Phillies lead uh, half game ahead of the Mets with a 62 record. They're 5-1 and one at home, um, but they'll be playing some more away games, so we'll see how they'll do with the Phillies. Um, it's been an impressive start for the Mets. They're 6-3. The Brewers 8-2, and two, uh, and the Pirates are behind them as the Reds are sitting at the bottom of the division. The Cubs actually find themselves already 5.5 out to Milwaukee and Three and a half out of Pittsburgh, two games out of uh um sorry, two games out of Cardinals, sorry. And uh we have not played a home game yet. I believe we are I just wanna double check. I wanna say okay, so we're the us and the Red Sox are the only two teams to not play a home game yet so far. So that'll be good to get back at Wrigley um, for the first time this season. Uh, and then uh, the Dodgers lead the Padres in the NL West. Dodgers are 7-2, and two, Padres are 6-4. and four. Then on the American League side, all right, uh, we have a caller, Ryan from North Iowa on the line. I'm going to bring him on right now. Uh, Ryan, do you have a question or comment? I do. So, I watched the game today, and uh, it seems like the Cubs struggle, especially Chris Bryant against good changeups. You notice the same thing? You want to repeat that one more time? Sorry, man. 
Um, so I've noticed that the Cubs, especially Chris Bryant, and today's just an example of this, have, that they struggle against good changeups. Have you noticed the same thing? Yeah. Um, I, are you referring to today and with Chris? Um, today and then just going back to last year. It seems like mostly Bryant, but the whole team just struggles against good changeups. Yeah. Um, as for me knowing exactly what it would be, uh, I don't know, but. Um, I have noticed that, you know, at the beginning of the season, it has been a slow start for Chris. Um, only the 231 average, a uh, 687 on baseball slugging. And overall, um, it could just be the team probably adjusting uh, to the fact that all the pitchers now can throw so fast that when you have a good changeup, uh, you know, a lot of our pitch, a lot of our hitters, I would say, uh, would fall in the category of. Uh, power hitters being that we have, uh, you know, the combo Brizzo and Javi and Schwarber. You add in Contreras' bat that's been, you know, had three homers so far, uh, that sometimes those home runs, you know, are because of how fast those pitches, pitches are being thrown in the MLB. Um, and sometimes when you have a good changeup, teams can adjust to that, um, know that the Cubs probably aren't hitting those home runs off changeups as much just because the ball doesn't. I guess it, it all depends on how much of, of the ball you get, but usually, uh, you know, when you can hit uh, good contact on a 95-mile-per-hour fastball, the ball's going to go farther. So the fact that the team and kind of the MLB as a whole has shifted to the home run ball has kind of elevated. Uh, if you have a good changeup, you can be a better pitcher in the league. For sure, for sure. Do you think we'll ever see MVP-type Chris Bryant again? Um. It's a hard question. Uh, as for me, I would actually go on a limb and say no. Um, for me, uh, at this point, I'm about 75% of the way there, 80% of the way confident saying that uh, I would rather lock up Javi than KB at this point. Um, I don't know how much of a realistic approach that is because of how uh, of how much money and how much popularity Chris Bryant brings to baseball and the sport um, with kind of just his appearance and you know what I mean, just kind of like a more cover boy. Uh, but we've seen the paradigm kind of shift, I think, uh, for Cubs fans like myself uh, to appreciate Javi more in a sense. Uh, so for me, I, with that with that in mind and my prediction there that I'll stick by until I see it happen otherwise, um, with me thinking that we'll sign Javi longer, uh, I would have to say no, but um, the possibility of KB coming back, uh, definitely, it definitely is there. But, you know, we've seen it. It's been a slow start for him. Another five guys left on base today uh, and only one hit with a 231 average. So um, it's been a slow start. Uh, he's healthy now, so there's not really any excuse. But we can only really hope for the best at, at that point. Yep. Yeah, I have one more question. So do you uh-huh. think the Cubs will trade an outfielder such as Almora, Happ, Schwarber, one of those types, and if so, which one will we trade? So, they won't trade Schwarber, in my opinion. Uh, the thing, the half thing is definitely in play more than ever, just because we've seen that management now has been willing to move guys down based on performance that wasn't even real performance uh, because it was spring training in which half struggled. Uh, so the, uh, to say that roster spot or future is uh, totally with the Cubs is 
kind of, uh, you know, more than what I, if someone says that, I don't know where they're really getting that information from. I like to think it's still part of the future plan at some point, but probably not like long, long term. Uh, so most likely it would be him uh, probably before Almora, just because Almora is still at the major league level. I'd have to, I would have to say um, by default, uh, half and the chances of it happening, <laughs> half and happening, uh, the chances of that happening would be uh, fairly, fairly good. I'd say if the Cubs continue to struggle once uh, we see a very healthy and ready to go Pedro Strope and Brandon Morrow, uh, if they continue to struggle after that, something at the deadline may get worked out because the time is kind of ticking in a way with the Cubs uh, window in that we have about uh, another two to three years until uh, money really becomes an issue with arbitration years. Yep, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for stopping by. Yep, good podcast. Thanks, man. Um, so that's going to actually wrap it up. Uh, thanks for joining me, uh, Ryan, uh, from North Iowa. Uh, a few questions there, a few good questions. It's always good to talk to you guys. So that's going to wrap up our 14th episode of the IV Podcast here on April 7th. I look forward, and Max is probably looking forward to seeing you guys next week on April 14th or 15th already episode as Cubs be grinding along at the beginning of the season. Hopefully it's a better week next week. We're going to have more positive things to talk about, but I'm always trying to keep it as positive as I can. And hopefully that got through today uh, over the podcast. The specific time will be to be determined for you guys, but I'll let you know via my Instagram at the Cubs wave and Max will let you know as well at Wrigley news, what time it'll be at. Lastly, as always go Cubs go. And I hope you guys have a relaxing rest of your Sunday. Thanks, guys, for stopping by. Bipolar with the check. I should put some crazy around my neck. Go crazy with your The Ivy is produced by Benson Fector. The Ivy is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our host Thomas a follow on Instagram, at the Cubs Wave. For more of the Ivy content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. Follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Instagram, at BaseballPodcastNet. Twitter, at BaseballPodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud, at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to the Ivy. We'll see you next time.